Good morning, navigators. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. It's Friday. Uh, we're in April. We've got, let's see, what's coming up? Let's, let's see. We ha I had a couple birthdays this past week. I forgot to mention. Uh, Rich, on the third, happy birthday. I hope you had a great day on Sunday. I'm sorry. I didn't forget that it was your birthday. I just didn't realize that it was April 3rd. So I apologize. Uh, let's see. What else is going on? I haven't had a whole lot going on this week. Just been working. And that is what I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you today about having a good work ethic. Um, this is a lesson I learned a long time ago. Uh, when you just do the bare minimum to get by, all you're going to get in return is the bare minimum. You know, there's that saying, you get what you pay for. Well, you know, you get what you earn in my book. And I know that's not always true. I, I get that. But for the most part, the more effort you put into something, the better the reward. Why? Because it took effort. I mean, think about it. When you were 16, if your parents bought you a car, would you take as good a care of that car as you would if you had scrimped and saved and worked your butt off to pay for it yourself? Let that sink in. You know, there's, again, it's a principle that's in the Bible. Your heart is where your treasure is. So what you spend your money on, that's where your love is going to be. So if you're, you know, spending money on your hobbies, let's say your hobby is to restore cars. And you spend all your money on that. And all your time, all your effort, you work really hard and, uh, you know, you, you get this car restored and, and how much better does that feel? And how much do you love that car? As opposed to if someone had just gotten one and given it to you, you know, it's, it's something about putting in the blood, sweat and tears you know, of a hard day's work that makes you feel like you deserve what you get in the end. Does that make sense? And I know, like, I'm, I don't mean a hard day's work like going out and digging ditches, okay? My job is not physically hard. I sit behind a desk. But my brain has to work. And a lot of times that's more exhausting than... uh you know, a physical job, it, it can be very tiring when you're, when you're thinking hard and trying to figure things out and, you know, reason and analyze and, and all of that. And so, you know, please don't misunderstand me. There's not one form of work, in my opinion, that is more important or, uh, prestigious or whatever, you know, whether you 
dig a ditch or, or, you know, sit in the office as a foreman. It doesn't matter. Everybody works together to get the job done. Uh, now, I do know that that type of work ethic is being seen less and less these days. Um, and, you know, I, it's funny. I see it at both ends of the spectrum. I see, you know, people in their 50s and 60s that are still working, but putting in way less effort. And then I see these little 20-something-year-olds that, you know, want to do as minimum as possible, but are screaming about they need to make more money. So it's, it, it works both ways. And, you know, and you, I've had this discussion with multiple people, which is why I'm doing this episode. Okay. Um, there's a, a parable in the Bible, right? About work. And, and we were reading this the other night, which is also kind of what made me think about doing this episode because I have had this conversation so many times with people. So it's talking about a man. Jesus is giving an example of a man that uh, rented out his, his vineyard and the, the people were supposed to gather the fruit and take care of the vineyard. And they could live in the house, right? So, no, I'm telling you the wrong story. Ha! I got lots of stories, see? But we were reading two different ones. Anyways, okay, so let's start that over. Back up. Beep, 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 beep. Okay. If you want to hear more about that other story, I could tell you that one too. But I guess I'm not going to call it a story. It's a parable. It's a parable of Jesus. Anyway, so a man goes out and he hires, let's say, five five servants to go work in his field all day. And they agree for a penny for their wages. So they go out there and they're supposed to work 12 hours for their penny. And uh, about five hours later, the master goes back out and he, he brings back five more people and they also agree on a penny well a few more hours later same thing and then an hour before quitting time he hired some more and uh at quitting time when it came when it came time for them to get paid the, the master had the one, the people that came only for an hour come up first and he paid them their penny. And the people that had been there all day were like, wait, that's not fair. Why are they getting a penny? They were only here an hour. We worked all day long in the heat, in the sun, you know, all this time for, an, for a penny. That's not fair. And the master said to them, did I not pay you what we agreed? Well, yeah. Isn't this my money that I can spend any way I want? Well, I mean, yeah. 
Okay, so then what is it to you what I pay the other people? I paid you what we agreed to. Okay, so what does all that tell me? It tells me that, okay, let's say, so Sebastian is my counterpart, my other accounts payable person. And so would it be, let's say we both make, we do not, I'm not telling you how much we actually make, so I'm making this number up. Let's say we make $20 an hour, right, both of us. And I'm in there just working my butt off all day long. And Sebastian's kind of dilly-dallying, you know, here and there, chit-chatting, visiting, talking on the phone. Is it fair that he gets paid this? Is it fair to me that he gets paid the same amount? Well, first of all, what he gets paid is none of my business. So it's not even fair for me to know what he gets made or paid. But at the same time, it's not unfair to me. It's unfair to the employer. Because I'm working and, and earning and doing what I said I would do for the $20 an hour that I agreed to work for. And if Sebastian is not doing that, that's between Sebastian and our boss. That's not my business to get in the middle of. Why would I even want to get in the middle of that? What am I going to do? Go tell my boss? Oh, Sebastian just sits in there on the phone all day and I'm working so hard and, you know, I don't take breaks and, and Sebastian's always on the phone and I don't think it's fair. And are you really going to go tell your boss that? You ain't going to have a job very long. You go tell your boss that. Boss is going to tell you to kick rocks. Go make your $20 an hour somewhere else and get out of my office. That's what I would do if I was the boss. It's none of your business what anybody else makes. And it's so funny because in our handbook and in our policies, it says not to discuss what you make with each other. Hold on, coffee time. And there's a reason for that. Because it causes problems. And I've seen it over and over and over and over again, where people think that they are being treated unfairly because they make the same amount of money as people that are doing less work. If that's the amount that you agreed on, that's all that matters. And then, you know, you have those people that say, well, I can't do that. That's not in my job description. I don't get paid to do that. Well, you probably never will either with that attitude. Ouch, thanks, Garmin. You know, with that attitude, you're not going to get paid to do it. You're still just going to get voluntold, and if you don't do it, you're going to get fired. The, the fact of the matter is people have an issue submitting to authority, whether it's regarding their pay regarding their job duties, regarding their schedule, regarding their dress, doesn't matter. People have a hard time with it. They don't want to be told what to do. We're adults. I don't want to be told how to dress, right? Well, I, you know what? I got, I got an email 
a professional email from one of my vendors and under her signature line, it's got a picture. You know how you can put your profile picture. Her boobs were hanging out. It was the most inappropriate, unprofessional thing I ever saw. It really looked like it would be her profile picture on like the hot or not app from back in the late 90s. I mean, it was, it was awful. You know? And that's going out to all the people you send emails to? It's just, I, I just, it's, it, whatever. But that's why you have businesses that tell, that have dress codes that tell their people what they can and cannot wear. I mean, people in my warehouse should not be out there in shorty shorts and a spaghetti strap tank top. That's not appropriate. I know it's hot in there in the summertime, and I know that the swamp coolers suck, but that's not appropriate. Now, I did argue with my HR guy when we were talking about it, uh, you know, talking about the handbook, because he said sports bras. He said, you know, where do you buy your sports bras? In the underwear section. And nothing that you buy in the underwear section should be showing out of your clothes. And I said, I don't buy sports bras in, my, in the underwear section. I buy them in the athletics section. It's a tank top. Like it's a supportive tank top. I don't understand what the issue is. If you see the strap of my sports bra, it's like seeing the strap of a tank top. I don't understand the problem, but whatever. And, and I, you know, and I wasn't saying that to be argumentative. I was very serious. I get it. You don't want bras and underwear hanging out. But a sports bra is not a bra. Not the same thing. I mean, I know that that's what it's called. But it's just to hold your boulders in place so you're not getting black eyes while you're exercising. I mean, I mean, I remember back in the day we used to call them over-the-shoulder boulder holders. <laughs> oh, my word. So dumb, the things we used to say and think, and wow, you know, just, just wow. Um, anyways, where was I going with that? Oh, you know, so your job, you're going to have stuff that you don't want to do. You're going to have stuff that you feel is unfair. Um, you know, uh, People don't want to think of having a job like having a parent. You know, you have to, you know, do what you're supposed to do, you know, obey your boss, follow the rules. You know, that's how society stays in line. Like, we, we got to have some kind of rules and organization of things. Can't just have everybody out here running amok. What a mess. It's already bad enough. So, you know, here's the other thing. And this is, you know, people with disabilities so many times, and, and I could prove this, they, they don't want to work. And it's, it's a confidence issue. You know, if you don't feel like you're able to take on the world, 
you're not going to want to go out and get a job. You're going to, you're going to be timid. You're going to be shy. Justin has that issue. You, you know, it, at, at one point he wanted to look for another job and, and he's like, you know, I can't see what kind nobody's going to hire me and blah, blah, blah. And I said, you know what? All you use is a magnifying glass. All you got to say is I have a hard time seeing, you know, small stuff. That's it. That's all you got to say. He doesn't have to tell anybody he's legally blind or visually impaired or any of that. Yeah, I got an issue with small stuff. I got to use magnifier. Okay. I mean, people might think he's 90, but, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it, you have to get past that. You have to get past the confidence. You have to. And if you have to fake it, then fake it. But that's the only way that you're going to get over any kind of confidence issues. You, did you know 19%, only about 19% of people with disabilities have a job? That's sad. That's not even a fifth of the population of disabled people. That's sad. That they're just okay sitting at home collecting their disability. Now, I do understand. A lot of times, the people cannot work. You know, um, people with certain traumatic brain injuries or quadriplegics or, you know, and there's a lot I don't know. So quadriplegic might be able to get a perfect, perfectly fine job. I don't know. But I do know. And, and, and you know, at my job, there's, there's not only visually impaired people. There's people with autism. There's a lady there with a traumatic brain injury. Uh, there's older folks. There's younger folks. There's the, the whole gamut of things out there in the warehouse. And... It makes me sad because I see so many of these people and they come to work every day and they, they collect their paycheck, but they don't do anything fulfilling. They, they, and it's not just at my job. I see it a lot. You know, they go extra slow or don't get me wrong. I don't mean any of this to be judgy or rude, okay? It's just the simple fact of the way things are. And I believe that a lot of that is bred into people with disabilities as they grow up. You know, my situation was a little bit different because my parents refused to coddle me. They refused to let me use my disability as any kind of an excuse for anything, Unless it was something they didn't want me to do, like get a driver's license. Then, of course, it was an excuse. Oh, no, sorry, you can't see, you can't get a driver's license. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I'm not bitter at all. Huh? I did get my driver's license, so neener, neener, neener. Um, anyway, what was I saying? Uh, coddling. Okay, you can tell. Please don't misunderstand me. I have no ill will towards anyone in the warehouse that I work with. But you can tell who has been coddled all their lives. 
And it's sad because I know that parents think that they're doing the right thing by, you know, making their life, their children's lives a little easier despite their disability and maybe sheltering them from some things. But you're really doing them a disservice in that area because no matter what the disability is, a person has to learn how to function in life. I mean, even if, even if, all right, I, I won't say no matter what the disability is because some people with certain cognitive disabilities and, and brain injuries and stuff, they just, they can't. And I get that. But as a general rule, you know, as long as you can teach a person with a disability how to do something, you can train them up of, on how to be able to live an independent life. As, at least as independent as possible. And that includes having a job. And sometimes... Having a job isn't even the work part of your day. You know, sometimes just getting out of bed is work. I get it. I really do. Everything I do is more difficult than somebody cited. And there are days that I lay in bed and I go, oh my gosh, I don't want to do this another day. Another day of struggling to see things. Another day of struggling just to get to stinking work on time. Like, it wears on you. It really does. But only 19% of us have a job? Really? It's a job seeker's market right now. You can get a job anywhere you want right now if you apply. Like, quite seriously, everywhere is hiring. You get, I mean... You can get work at home jobs. You can work at a gas station. You can work at a warehouse. You can work in an office. You can, there's so many jobs right now. Work from home jobs, call center jobs, contractor jobs, driving jobs. Like there's jobs everywhere. You know? And you're going to get out of it what you put into it. That's not always true. Sometimes... People do work for bosses that are just garbage and work for companies that have poor leadership. And no matter what you do, you're not going to make them happy. But there, that then comes the time when you've got to decide if it's time for a change. You know, and it seems like people with disabilities are more afraid of change than anyone else. It's harder for us to adjust. To adjust. But change is inevitable, folks. We're, there's going to be change. And, you know, the more you embrace it, the better off you're going to be, quite honestly. Um, you know, so, so when you go to work in the mornings, go with the attitude of, I am going to do what I agreed to do for my boss because that's what I agreed to do. And stop worrying about other people. Because, you know, what are they going to do? Go to the boss and say, I want to make as much money as them, but I just want to sit here. It's not going to happen. But if you hold the same position 
and you both signed on for the same agreed upon wage, then mind your own business. I'm sorry. I know that's harsh and I know it sounds rude, but mind your own business. It's none of your business. It's none of your business. We would all be so much better off if we just minded our own freaking business. There would be less jealousy, less arguing, less... It would just be so much better. Just mind your own business. It doesn't concern you. It ain't coming out of your pocket. You're not paying them. You're not wasting your money on them. The employer is. But as a group, let's not be that way. Let's be the kind of people that work as hard as we can and do the best we can every day despite our disability. Don't feed into the stereotype that just because you're disabled, you need to be coddled and babied and taken care of. You don't. You absolutely do not. Anyway, that's all I've got for you today. I may talk a little bit more about this next week. Um, I'm not sure yet. But if you guys have any comments, snide remarks, whatever... You know, my social media, Navigating Life with Lara and Garmin on Facebook and LinkedIn, at Garmin Navigates on Twitter, and Garmin Navigates at Outlook.com. And uh, let's do a shameless plug. It's been a while. You can't even begin to imagine gaining strength while losing my sight. It's available on Amazon and on Kindle. It comes highly recommended, not just by me, but definitely by me. <laughs> Anyways, have a great weekend, guys. It's going to be a warm one here, so get ready. It's coming. All right. Until Tuesday, guys, seriously, work hard. Realize that your heart is where your treasure is and decide how you want to spend your time and money. Be a blessing to other people and have a great weekend.